Welcome back to the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 115. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Welcome back to the Veterinary Project Podcast. You're joined by a very smiley Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Mike, how are you this morning? Well, I guess I'm smiley. I, that's nice to hear because I don't feel smiley. It's it's the the fog is still very much here, but splash some water on my face, ready for this recording. You look good, buddy. You're smiling. You're looking happy. We don't need to bring up some pre-recording discussion. <laughs> well, no, it's just anyone who has a young child gets it. It's and all you have good. Two young children right now, as do I, but are a little bit longer away or longer into that younger or into that childhood, I should say. So, yeah. yes, no, pretty good times, but there is a lot of uh, lack of sleep and energy taken up, isn't there? Yeah. Let's uh, let's get on to other topics here. You have a pretty cool trip coming up. I'm super jealous because uh, Costa Rica has been on my bucket list, I guess, forever. Still still somewhere I'd love to get to, and, and you're sneaking away. Yeah, so we are on our way uh, in this short future here over to Costa Rica, Nicaragua. This is the first vacation um, with both of our kids that we'll have taken of any real size and scale uh, since the early, early days when Jack was born. So we're pretty excited about it. It harkens back to pre-kid days when we were getting ready as these are uh, Costa Rica. I've been there, spent time. It's a, it's a comfortable place to be in. Nicaragua has its own, uh, pros and cons. We're going into safe parts of it. And, uh, it feels like we've had to prep for this one, as opposed to when you go to Mexico or Hawaii or something else like that. So we're really excited about it. And, uh, yeah, we're going with another family, Steph Van Dyne's Snell, as well as Dave Snell and their family, who uh, Steph's been on this podcast a number of times. So we're joining them in Toronto to fly down together, and uh, it's going to make for a great family adventure together. Five kids, four adults. Let's have some fun. No doubt. It'll be a great trip. And how long are you going? Two weeks? Two weeks. So we're literally off Wi-Fi and everything for five days in the forest, and then we've got ourselves another setup on the beach for the next week. Uh, where I will be back into the world. So it's exciting. It's a lot of prep, getting ready to go so that teams know what to expect or or can um, can function without and decision-making can still happen, which is exciting. So we're right in the middle of that right now. And, and uh, so yeah. I knew you were gone the two weeks. I wasn't aware of. So for five days, you will be 100% unreachable. Correct. Okay, that's excellent. I didn't know that. I'm. I can't wait 
uh, for the for the report back, like just on you know how did that feel, and and especially everyone that will be there. You guys are both business owners, yeah. You know, and you're literally going to be on a like communication blackout island. Not that it's a crazy amount of time, but still, it'll be very interesting just to see how that how that felt. It it will be, and it's also a it's been a nice help actually in terms of. Free setups. Again, we're in a really busy part of the year where we're planning for next year. There's certain actions happening in the business and being able to uh, encourage participation from more team members, uh, whether that's at the local level, at a clinic level, or at mosaic leadership level. We've been doing a lot of pre-work this year ahead of schedule. And it's not because of this vacation, but it all leads to less stress, more planning, more forward-looking, and it's made a difference. So this, this week is really all about that. Um, as it has been the last couple of weeks in prep. And I think what that's going to lead to is just a, a better business overall. And that to me speaks well to, to life and be more proactive. And I was speaking with that for Candace, even getting ready for this trip, um, going back and forth with Dave and Steph and all your documents that you need. Nicaragua is still quite um, protective in terms of ensuring that everybody has their COVID vaccines and all the rest of it. And all those are ready to go. So we're quite excited that it's not a stressful time. It's how can we best set up to enjoy this trip as best as possible. Nice. On the business side, I like it's it's kind of stress testing it. You know, you're going to go, you're going to find out a lot of stuff that worked well. You're probably going to find out a few things that didn't work so well, and you'll be able to fine tune, adjust and keep moving forward. So that's it. And I'm I'm still in transition time. You know, if we're speaking from COO to CEO role, there's a lot of communications and pieces that Dr. Greg Andrews is going to be able to um, help out with, which he's still way more knowledgeable than I am in terms of what those pieces look like. So it's been nice in terms of transition discussion setups, knowing that, again, I will be off the map for this time. Yep. So nice. it's good. Well, enjoy the Pretty trip. excited about it. We were watching some YouTube videos of one of the beaches we're going to be at and that definitely got the uh, the sparks flying, all the food, drink, all the rest of it. That's going to be available. So nice. I'll have a tan for a little bit, and then it'll quickly go away as we get into the Canadian winters, which is coming. Yep. That How about is. on your side? Otherwise, pretty standard, straightforward this week. Anything exciting happening other than the no. normal? No. Survive. That's my goal for the rest of uh, 2022. <laughs> Survive and sleep whenever I can. Well, that works as a uh, uh, about as bad as a segue into this. Oh, I was supposed to set you up. Possible. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> You're flying solo. So our goal today, which is a pretty fun discussion we had last week and set up for this one, is there are times in life where we all uh, utilize need and and prosper from the help of mentors. And Mike and I today's conversation wanted to be tactful in describing and or the sharing of mentors in our lives. And Mike and I have actually looked at this episode a little bit differently in terms of mentors that have affected us positively, had me helped us change and hopefully be able to share some insights as well as provide some uh, direction for those that might be looking in the same areas right now as Mike and I aren't fresh out of school. We've got a few years under us now and, uh, you know, mentorship, it evolves over time as well, too, depending on the area of life that you're focusing on. So we're going to take this a couple of different directions. And Mike, I'd love to start with you. you know, in our pre-recording notes here, we're looking at uh, 
from a, a perspective of mentorship overall, as it's affected your life, veterinary and otherwise, what does it look like to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to zoom out a touch here too, just to set the table. In this episode, we're, we're focusing on sort of, for lack of a better word, we'll call it like level two mentorship. So typically when I think, when someone thinks of mentorship, we're thinking of that like direct sort of one-on-one, you know, like for me, my sort of level one mentorship would have been Tom, the owner of the first veterinary clinic that I worked at, that I volunteered at. That was a very active sort of mentor mentee role, you know, where he's showing you procedures, telling you how to deal with clients, like active feedback in real time. So that's a form of mentorship. For this episode, we are looking at focusing on sort of that other form of mentorship, people that are maybe more, you know, further than arm's length away, like not that direct one-on-one. So mentorship in other forms. Perfect. To- and, and and all and just to be very clear, and that's perfect, Mike, you you've introed it much better than I did, is in my perspective, I'm only providing mentors, and I do consider them mentors. I've actually never met any of these individuals in the circumstances of those that I'm going to provide for. And yet I think they've had a huge influence on my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so in this, in this form of mentorship, yeah, like I I would agree, there's other ways you can receive mentorship and be a mentor, right? It doesn't always have to be this very sort of formal, even though it might not be written out like, like, you know, one-on-one relationship. So for me, what that looks like is I kind of approached it a little bit different than you in that, I looked at sort of some of the categories of mentorship that I've also experienced. And so for me, I've experienced peer-to-peer mentorship. Um, I've experienced, I'm going to call it arm's length mentorship, which would be mentors that I have never met. You know, I we really only have our relationship of me creeping them online. Like, to be honest, you know, like I've had very little interaction with them. Um, and then I have a third category, which I'm calling just inspiration. Um mentors like i literally don't even know their name which you know and i can get into some of that of how that has worked for me um and i kind of like it that way right like there it's not a personal relationship at all it's just inspiration so those are kind of the three categories i looked at excellent well let's work with number one category which is peer to peer we can bounce this back and forth a little bit so when you think of peer to peer mentors mike who or what comes to mind for you yeah, so I, I believe I mentioned this on a few uh, an earlier podcast episode. For me, Jordan Woodsworth, who's been a guest many, many times and co- co-host on this podcast, her and I were classmates, 2008 graduates together. And then it was, it was in our second role. It was not my first clinic, but the second veterinary clinic that I worked at, Jordan and I worked together. And so I'm calling it peer-to-peer because it wasn't the traditional like, okay, one of us is clearly more advanced than the other, you know, in, in various categories that would fluctuate. Like I, I can remember dentistry. Jordan was certainly ahead of me because um, I hadn't done much dentistry leading into this practice. She had, she'd taken some courses. So in that specific vein, you know, she was my mentor. I was the mentee. But then in other areas of the clinic, that might flip. Like maybe I would take some sort of orthopedic course and then teach it to her and vice versa. So it was very much peer-to-peer, like let's tackle this together. And it really gave me um, a lot of borrowed confidence. 
You know, like it, it wasn't like, hey, it's I'm 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 flying solo here, just knowing like, okay, there's two of us. We're probably gonna mess this up, but we'll figure it out together. There was a lot of confidence there. And that such sets a stage for then being able to build your own confidence when those skill levels start to rise on their own, even though you don't recognize it, hey, over time. And so kudos to Jordan, kudos for you for recognizing that. Yeah, it, and it was excellent. And I know in our discussions with Jordan, she mentioned, you know, all the way back now into vet schools, they're trying to foster this peer-to-peer mentorship because they recognize how powerful it is because it can be intimidating in some ways when we think of the traditional mentor-mentee. And if you're looking at your mentor and you're like, they're just so far ahead of me, like there's just such a gap there, that can be intimidating and hard to close. Whereas peer-to-peer, you know, if if you're each always only one or two steps difference, it's a lot easier to kind of elevate each other. That's great. So great. And I was thinking about that on the fly and I can think of many, many peer-to-peers, especially as we've gone into business ownership, there are a number within our our evolution of veterinary students that are now business owners. And I look at all of them as peers. Some of them are competitors and I don't even care if they're competitors. They're still peers on the area of being able to learn from each other when people are open. And in in our business, I'm very thankful that many, many of our peers, even though they are in business in the same area, are open to um, discussion, feedback. Hey, what have you had issues with? There's a lot of um, uh, informal conversations that happen to help each other. Yeah. And just a tangent on this, I, I we've mentioned these before, but masterminds would fit in here as well. Absolutely. You know, a well done mastermind, you you should be sort of close to all of your peers, right? And there should be people that are ahead of you. And then you'll serve as a mentor for people that are behind you. I know, like coming into this sort of economic time, I recently joined another mastermind, um, you know, and it's, it's whatever, you, th- there's certain net worth requirements. And the the reason I joined it is I want to be the smallest fish in the room. Like I am purposely trying to put myself in a situation where I am, I am a minnow amongst like large fish. Oh, why? I, sorry. Why am I doing yeah. that? Well, to, the main reason is to grow, you know, like number one, like there's just going to be osmosis from hanging out with people like that are, that are ahead of you in different areas of life. And you're going to just see how do they think? How do they act? Because you simply do not know what you don't know. And then the reason the why now um, is because the world is, you know, kind of such a shit show right now. And economically, there's so much uncertainty. And it's like, if there is ever a time to get sharper, like in your skills, in your thinking, you know, tactically, it's now. Like, and we said this on a previous recording as well, like the number one thing you can do and tying this in for veterinarians is like, improve yourself, like get more skills, get more knowledge, you know, insulate yourself in that regard. So that's why I joined it now. Excellent. And you, this has been a mastermind that you've been looking at for a while. So it was really cool to hear you pull the trigger on it a couple of months ago and walk through your process together. And it's a sound process by which you've chosen this path, which is fantastic because it's, it's, it's not a simple one. You have a lot of yeah. accountabilities based on joining it. It's interesting yeah. because in the mastermind world, according to veterinary medicine, there are a number of them available, those, whether it's a skill set, mindset, mastermind, or if it's a, a business. And I would welcome anybody to have the opportunity to look out to them because um, there's a number of organizations that I think are running very successful masterminds now in the veterinary space. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Very valuable if they're done well. Looking at peers, excuse me, mentors that you've never met before. Let's go through a list of this because I think this is something that also evolves and changes over time. Let's start with you, Mike. Examples of mentors you've never met. Yeah, well, I only came up with one. Um, I would say for me, it'd be Brandon Turner, who, if you're in the real estate space, would know that name. Um, you know, he was co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. I think I mentioned that when we were starting this, I weaseled my way around and actually had a quick phone call with him to be like, "Hey, how do you run a podcast? Like, give me all your best tips." Which he did. He was super open, so that was awesome. And just um, to be clear here, he has millions of listeners. Oh yeah, I, I've. I have no idea what the numbers are, but they're the number one like real estate podcast for a long time, but they're, they've been running for over a decade. Um, and so I've never officially met him, follow him online. And the things that sort of draw me to him is, you know, successful in the real estate space, but really crafting the life that he wants. And then the, the piece that I just love is sometimes when you think of a real estate investor, you may think of someone wearing, you know, a sharp suit and a tie and polished shoes, and they're just very, whatever, perfectly shaven. And it's like, his whole model is like, he wears sandals, he lives in Maui, like every meeting will be in flip flops. And it's like, I just love that whole, that whole persona of like, yeah, you can still be successful and do it your way, right? Like I'm not, I have to follow the suit and tie model. So that's why I've been drawn to him. He's proven it over and over and over again, even to the point of where he lives in Maui and how he set up that place. Yeah, it's really, um, and you know, if you dive into some of the backstories, I I can't remember what state he's from, but it would, you know, like somewhere where it was cold and talking about all the limiting beliefs, you know, that he had to work through around like, okay, am I going to move where I really want to? even though it's going to potentially let people down, let family members down, like really changing his identity around that. So he, I would say he's a mentor from the real estate investing standpoint, but also like the limiting beliefs and lifestyle design standpoint. So nice. how about you? I, I went a little bit mind? of a different direction and this is dependent, I think on the stage of life. So I'll go into this a little bit more. I, I'm a big reader. I've been a big reader since I was a kid. And I think a couple of these mentors that I've never even met have influenced uh, in some places a little bit of my personality. So a couple of those that I put down here would be Wilbur Smith and Bryce Courtney. These are both authors, uh, world-renowned authors, and amazing novelists. Uh, early examples for Wilbur Smith, or excuse me, Bryce Courtney would be The Power of One, Potato Factory, The Persimmon Tree. These are all excellent fiction books in my view. And in my early days of 12 to 15 years old reading these, I went, wait a second, there's adventure, there's life out there, there's travel to be done. Uh, It was definitely in in these two authors in particular, as I got to know about Africa and the early 17, 1800s led to my travel there when I was my early 20s. I would consider their writing style, their views of the world as being early mentors to what I was building my personality to look like and feel like. And I am so thankful to my mom because she always describes this, these big, thick books, which have some adult racy content in them. And she wasn't afraid of letting me have them early in life because she knew I could handle it and was matured enough. And I think that's influenced in a big way. So for anybody that wants some fun reading, either of those two gentlemen, uh, fantastic series of novels. 
Then I change over a little bit more as business took over and and wanted to get more business minded and just the the gravitation towards it. Richard Branson, uh, uh, founder of Virgin Galactic, Virgin Air, uh, reading about his two uh, biographies and struggles in the early 70s and then moving up through into his latest version here. Uh, if you've not read anything by Richard Branson, you're in for a ride and an adventure. And again, somebody to your comments, Mike, earlier, who did not care what others thought about him. And wow, has he gone through some major, major conflict and issues, British Airways earlier in his career, um, right up to almost having to go bankrupt a number of times. But again, in terms of somebody extrovert getting out there and not giving a shit and being so amazing and building relationships, couldn't ask for a different, a better mentor and watching what that looked like. A uh, couple of others, we talk about him multiple times on this podcast, Jim Rohn. For me, my wife and I, every once in a while, we've got to go back to the four seasons of life. Jim Rohn has a great four-hour uh, taped recording from the early 90s, and he just cuts through the chaff and gets right to it in a way that is motivating. He is a motivational speaker, but even more than that, has been a successful businessman over his years, passed away, I believe, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and his words just keep on. So anybody that wants to learn about Jim Rohn, uh, you go on to Spotify, you know, there's times where you got to get away from it and get into the action uh, in terms of executable formats, but then you got to come back into that inspiration, motivation, and recognize that, hey, like I said, get through the chaff, let's go to the majors. And uh, he's one that I definitely gravitate to every once in a while. Yeah. And he's he's just such a good speaker. Oh, You know, apart from the content, like the words that he's saying, if you listen with an ear for how he delivers it, you can learn a ton about how to present. Because he, he's phenomenal, like tone of voice, cadence, like everything. I want to be a storyteller like him and I need to start 15 years ago to have a chance because you can see how he's crafted his messages so well, so well to make it so that you can understand them as easily as possible and wait, wait a second, how come I didn't think of it that way? And over and over and over again, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one of his gifts. Agreed. Life of virtue, life of values. Okay, a couple brief more because I, I went to town on this one. A <laughs> um, couple more on the, the serious business front now as I uh, move more into the business side. Uh, Warren Buffett, everybody, Berkshire Hathaway. I welcome anybody to review annual letters that he sent out since the 70s. I read them on an annual basis now. Literally, he has a YouTube um, video of the six hours at the Berkshire Hathaway stockholder or stock meeting this year. It's over six hours. Every single minute of that piece is worthwhile while you're exercising or whichever else to learn about the virtues and values of life. Very, very good. Uh, another one of those ones, again, Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio, he is the founder of Bridgewater Associates, Bridgewater Associates Asset Management Company. Uh, I didn't have a clue who he was until he showed up on Tim Ferriss's podcast one day. And then I've been on a journey with him ever since. Wrote his first book called Principles. Just came over uh, with another new book here in the last two years talking about the cycles of, um, of economies and and world powers. And very, very interesting Um philosophies on life and, and values, et cetera. And someone that's had a, a difficult life in his own right as well, too, but has made the most of it. And then lastly, on the fun stuff, worth looking up, Tim Ferriss. Again, we've chatted about him before. 
Kevin Rose is a, one of his best buddies that they've come on for a number of episodes called the random uh, show, which again, he's been uber successful in the startup world, worked with Google Ventures, now has gone back out on himself. Again, in the NFT space has had major success, continues to iterate. And what I've looked up to these guys is that at different stages in their life, whether it's pre-marriage, kids, business, they're all willing to evolve, change, and look at what's in front of them, as opposed to just thinking that what they've done before is the success and metric to life. And I think if we look at life as being the longest thing out there that we'll ever know uh, ourselves is what can we do to also set our own stages so that we can enjoy as much as we can in our lives. Those two gentlemen stick out to it for many reasons. Nice. I like it. I mean, I agree. I Not to the degree that you follow them, but I'm familiar with most of them. Uh, Warren Buffett, obviously, for me, is the man, like just his investing style and patience and pragmatic approach. Um, but yeah. It's uh, it's fun. And now we get into the social media world. And I don't know about you, but when we we're looking at you know informal mentorships, uh, there's individuals on Instagram now that we follow the both of us and we talk about and we giggle at. And I think those have influences on our life, whether it's, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, maybe it's getting a little old, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm not on the TikToks. I probably should be, but there's influencing and, and informal mentorship happening there, depending on the accounts you're following. Yeah. And I look at it like it's pretty easy to beat up on social media, you know, and, you know, how much is real and how much is fake and whatever. But I feel like you can get value either way. Cause I look, I see a lot of stuff on social media that I'll be like, I don't want that, you know, like, and it's like, that's an example of what I do not want. And it's like, that's valuable. It's just as valuable to know, you know, what you want as what you don't want. Mm. Right. And it's so much, it's in your face now. Right. We unfortunately, and I'm holding up my iPhone, we live by these damn things. They're carried with us for the good and the bad. And there's more bad than good, but it's in front of us. So you get to choose. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting that you how you worded that. There's more bad than good. I would say yes and no. Like, because it's just a tool. And it's told like you're we're in charge of who we follow, who we who we hide, who we block. You know, like we get to create the platform that we're on to a degree, right? And then there's the algorithms are going to kick in and push content towards you. And, you know, that that's a little harder to skirt, but we and are I agree still- with you, but I'm going to, I'm going to step in there and go, those algorithms are smarter than us. Those algorithms are meant to sell us. Those algorithms are meant to get us. And you and I, I would say are on the higher end of the 50% scale of disciplined and even you and I lose it. I'm going to speak to myself. I will get stuck in an Instagram when I have decision fatigue and an hour and a half later, I'm like, oh God, was that a waste of my life? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it never happens for sure. I'll give you an example of Twitter. So I am on Twitter. I honestly don't even know my handle. I I have zero followers and it's 100% because I only use Twitter to research stock investments. So the only, like, I don't follow a single friend on Twitter. This is the first time I've actually think, I think I've ever told anyone I'm on Twitter. I literally only use it to follow like analysts that I, you, you know, want to see what they're saying. So it's it is true. like, I don't, and even, I, know, I don't even know if you and I follow each other on Twitter. I don't know. No, I don't follow you on Twitter. Or, yeah, we don't interact. And, and my Twitter is about a, probably a 10th of what, yeah, your Twitter is. 
So yeah, I, I guess just to like on the good and bad, I think it can be both. And, you know, I think we you have to really intentionally use these tools as best as you can. There's going to be stuff that sneaks in and then you got to hopefully consciously be like, okay, hey, get out of here. I don't want that. Um, anywho, and, a clear, bit of and clear it off as well, too. I think every once in a while, it's going back in there and clearing off all these accounts that have been into your... So bringing it back around to the good things for me was I had talked about, um, you know, I inspiration from people. I don't even know their name. And I think I've told this story before, but on my health journey and my running, literally one of the things I still remember was on one of the running pages and it's some dude... Again, don't know his name, and I intend to never find out, hopefully, because I don't want to know the name. And he was running, and he had his two strollers with his kids, and, you know, he was reasonably fit. Not like crazy, but just like I was like that. That is what I'm after, you know, and it's still like that picture is just locked in my memory, and it gave me that like elevated level of desire because it was like I know it's possible now. Right. And that is what has been like floating around and fueling sort of my health journey. So I think there can be a lot of good, you know, that that we didn't have however many years ago, you know, before you only could access these stories of people by, you know, going to the library and checking out a book. Now it's in the palm of your hand. Oh, so much more that we could go on this, but informal mentorship, learning, um, subject matter all available, like you said, at the palm of our hands. We didn't even get into podcasts or videos or other pieces of, uh, of technology that can be used. Um, informal mentorship and, as you described earlier, peer-to-peer, uh, so influential in terms of you know helping build personalities and then helping build careers. So uh, before we come to a close, anything to add, Mike, before we finish up? Uh, the, the only thing I would add is, yeah, it's kind of maybe let it fly a little bit. I think sometimes there's too much sort of formality put around mentorship where it's like, okay, I've got I've to reach out and I've got to interview this person. And I got to get their permission to be my mentor. And it's like, no, like in this vein that we're talking about, you can be a mentor and you can be a mentee all at the same time in multiple different capacities. So, you know, Absolutely. I would say look for those and then also show up as a mentor. Give back. Beauty, Mike, I hope you have a kick-ass week for everybody out there as well. Awesome week. Lots going on. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well-lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group. General feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. 
Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.